The organization is called Youth Climate Collaborative or YCC. And we're trying to make it easier for young people to get involved and stay involved in climate action uh, and to foster intergenerational um, decision-making, power sharing. This is a podcast called Walk, Talk, Listen. An attempt to connect people and make this world a bit better by sharing opinions and experiences based on the belief that everyone's perspective is true, albeit partial. My name is Maurice Blum, and I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of Walk, Talk, Listen. Uh, good day, everybody. This is another episode of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen. And as always, I'm delighted with today's guest who will introduce herself. Pooja, please go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Pooja Tilvawala. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I grew up in Ben Salem, PA, but was born in India. I run an organization called Youth Climate Collaborative. I actually just quit my job in December to go all in on this org that I launched in 2020 so so before we i'm going to ask you some questions about your organization tell a little bit about yourself you know in terms of uh we know yeah. now where you were born but where did you go to school what did you study and how did you end up where you are now yeah so i'm 27 years old i when i was younger i loved just being outside playing outside um And then that grew into some volunteer projects that were more like outdoors work. And then a job that was uh, with Urban Adventure Squad, where we got kids um, outdoors on their days off from school. And um, then I found myself getting more involved in environmental work because I learned about UNA USA. That's the United Nations Association of America. And they had these cool like blogger fellow opportunities where you could attend the Global Climate Action Summit and uh, write blogs. And just being there, uh, I took that leap to go there because um, I had taken a few classes or um, experiential or participated in this experiential program in uh, Nicaragua, for example, that was like living in the rainforest for a week. Um, and So I had this like natural love for the environment and um, was studying international studies and climate change being a, such a global issue that relates a lot with international development, um, which was a key focus for me at that point. Um, I was like, let's go, let's see how it is. And who knows, you know, maybe I'll really like it. And I did, I really did. And just really started getting more and more involved after that by asking people you know how are you getting involved what are mm -hmm. ways i can get involved and just learning and going from there and and um you know you said your love for the environment was that something that came from your parents or from family members or friends or did it some was it as a result of books you read how did it come about i think just because um 
Well, when I was, I lived in an apartment complex growing up and uh, after school, after we all did our homework, we would just go to the playground or go to like, basically there would be all these apartments and behind them, there would be this huge grass patch um, and then just like one common playground area. And so we just all flocked there after doing our homeworks uh, every day. And so I think from that, I just like being outside. It was associated with just like this joy. And um, I'm naturally very curious. And when you're outside, there's like so much to be curious about, um, about how does our world work or just in awe of the natural beauty there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it comes from parents per se, um, but uh, yeah, I'd say probably from how I like where I grew up probably. Mm-hmm. And going fast forward, so you studied international relations, right? Yeah, so I have a um, BA in international studies with mm-hmm. focuses on justice, ethics, human rights, and international development and mm-hmm. South Asia. And then I have a BS in economics. Okay. And when did you start your own organization then? And and why? This was, so I started my own organization in 2020. Uh, I graduated in 2018. So uh about two years after graduating. Um, And that was because when I was getting involved in climate change, there were these different barriers that I noticed, um, well, that I faced myself, um, such as trying to figure out how to get involved or um, uh, how to access funding to do my own projects. And um, in talking to other peers, they were facing similar issues. So then, I thought, how can I, I'm I'm a very like solutions oriented person. Like if I see a problem, I want to, you know, figure out how can we solve this. Um, And throughout life have always applied for different funding opportunities to like do many projects. And so I saw this as kind of like a bigger project, like now having finished school and worked, worked for two years, feeling confident or more confident in my skills to be able to take that next step of actually starting something bigger or creating a movement. And so um, and then I got like the push that I needed because um, I was talking to a professor about my ideas and he's like, start writing these down. This was after graduating. And then um, one day I opened LinkedIn and, and saw this opportunity to apply for 60K in funding from what was called the Kennebunkport Climate Initiative at that point. So, so tell tell me, what is your organization about? What are we trying to achieve, and how is it going? So, so the organization is called Youth Climate Collaborative, or YCC, mm-hmm. and we're trying to make it easier for young people to get involved and stay involved in climate action, uh, and to foster intergenerational um, decision making, power sharing. Um, And so like friends and I were facing different barriers in getting involved, such as access to finances, such as um, not having the space to be involved in decision-making in a meaningful way, such as 
not knowing where to go to look for ways to get involved locally, internationally at different scales. And so we just started coming up with these different solutions for these problems, uh, such as an eco action map. Basically, it's a tool where you can create a free account and add your organization to the map. And uh, as a user, if you zoom into where you live, you'll see the different orgs and entities around you that you can get involved with. And you can even um, learn about upcoming events, funding opportunities, et cetera, all on uh, the map. It's just a giant search engine. Um, and then for the decision-making, we've got uh, this initiative, Youth on Boards, to uh, track which orgs have brought youth onto their boards and what benefits that has brought or the lessons learned so that when we go to orgs that do not have youth voices on their boards or advisory councils, we can say, here's who's doing it, here's how they're doing it, here are some models you can adopt um, so that they can start implementing that. And then if they need help finding the youth, we're happy to help as well. And um, then we've got a podcast called Dare to Envision. Uh, so that's to inspire people who um, may be having a hard time envisioning a better life for themselves and their communities to see other people who have been able to envision that and the steps that they're taking to get there. And then the last thing we have are our climate courage workshops. Um, these are for young people facing eco-anxiety or something similar so that they can exchange strategies for coping with it and learn how to be there for others who are facing it. So those are like the four main programs. And then mm -hmm. overall, our goal is to uh, enable more coordination and cohesion amongst the youth climate movement globally. When would 2023 be successful for you from the company point of view? I think having a solid team of maybe at least uh, at least like eight full-time people hmm. and um, a solid volunteer team as well, leading the different initiatives. I think that would be a good start and making sure that the map is successful locally initially in the U.S. and then expanding it um, to more regions as we find more volunteers and success. So, and the other success metric would be raising probably around 200K. That would be the goal by the end of the year, if we can do that. Wow. And you have already, you know, in mind how you're going to do that? You know, find the yeah. staff, find the, the resources. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I luckily have made a lot of friends over the past uh, few years of being in this space mm -hmm. who are eager to get involved, but I've actually just been like, wait, now is not the time yet. I need to set some more infrastructure first because, mm -hmm. you know, I went into a different full-time job and now I'm coming back into this. And so I'm like, wait until the foundation is properly set. And then, yes, please come on in and right now i'm in the final rounds for 50k grant so fingers crossed <laughs> great so uh, for the listeners and especially the younger audience um you know how can they find out more about your organizations is there a website can they find out the map that you are have been working on already 
um, if they would like to apply for a job, should they go to your website? So tell, give a little bit of information and we'll make sure that that is mentioned in the podcast notes as well. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not funding available for paid jobs yet, but there will be funding soon for uh, internships. And um, if you want to check out the map or some of our other programs, you can visit youthcc.org. And you'll okay. find everything that you need there. Or you can um, follow me on LinkedIn and ask me any questions you have there. Well, I, I will be following you because I'm I'm, I'm intrigued by, by uh, what you're trying to do. And that's great. It's important. Um, but also to see how, you know, how you will ensure that your dream will come true and, and continue to make an impact in this uh, around this very important work. Puja, you know that I started this podcast as a result of a 100-mile walk that I've been doing for the last 11 years or so. Um, because two years ago, I could not be accompanied by people, so I started walking virtually, and then this podcast you know, got out of hand a little bit. Um, anyway, I'm happy that that I'm doing it because I've I've been able to meet such you know great people. Um, but if if you would be asked to walk 100 miles in a week, so that means 15 to 20 miles a day, for which course would you do it? Yeah, I would actually to maybe your surprise. It's actually a tough decision, right? There's three things that come to mind. I will pick one at the end if you make me but <laughs> the first one would be um ywca that's the young women's christian association of okay. bucks county okay so growing up in ben salem pa i grew up with a very very active ywca and thanks to them um my parents didn't have to worry about after school care um saturday camp which is in the early morning saturday about um you know christmas presents we don't celebrate christmas but it was still nice to be able to you know receive presents like the rest of the kids uh do and um basically have the support that we needed initially when we moved uh when they moved really and i was a baby from india to america mm -hmm. and so i would they're a huge cause, like providing the foundational support that a lot of immigrants need mm. when they've just come to a new country so that um, they're able to take that support and, and grow with their hard work. Um, so they're one. Another one is um, Do Better for Steve. And this is an organization dedicated uh, to Stephen Camarota, who was a friend of mine from college and who had passed away. Now they do good for the community that mm -hmm. he grew up in. Uh, he just represented, like embodies, well, was somebody who um, always sought to do better and pushed everybody to do better. And um, really it comes down to how can you be there for your community and for your close circle of friends and family and and take the actions needed to help them out right and so um that's another cause uh, really i think both of them have that commonality right like mm -hmm. the org providing resources and support that people need to feel part of a community 
and to have that footing and foundation to be set up for a successful, healthy life. And, and just for the listeners outside of the U.S., so when Pooja is talking about PA, it's Pennsylvania, right? You're talking about yes, PA okay. is Pennsylvania. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's when when I walk and and uh, actually also when I walk virtually with with folks, we often talk about. Uh, religion and spirituality because there is something to walking that you know come you know you, you get the question pops up like why are we on this earth what do we do this and um so a question that that i have since is to all my guests is actually what do you see happening among youth in your community in relation to religion and spirituality and um, because some of my guests have said, you know, youth are not religious anymore. And others say, yes, they still are. Depends on which country you are, you know, which part of the world. Others are saying uh, they are not religious, but they are spiritual. So what do you see as, as a, well, as, you know, still a young person yourself? Uh, what do you see happening among youth uh, and, and religion and spirituality? I think it's such a mixed bag. It really depends on which youth, where they grew up, where they're based. Um, what, who they were surrounded by, uh, their family, their friends. So for my personal experience, um, in high school, I had the opportunity through Multicultural Club to uh, do kind of like a tour of the different religious uh, organizations in my city, in my town, um, during Martin Luther King Jr. Week, uh, which was deemed Peace Week. And so we went to the Buddhist temple. We went to um, a Swaminar and Hindu temple. We went to a um, St. Catherine's uh, church and um, some other organizations, religious organizations. And um, we had the chance to ask questions, to learn about um, kind of, well, to learn about their religions the practices, the relationship between the religious organization and the communities. So I think there's a lot of curiosity amongst youth often about um, how influential religion can be um, for someone's own like values and as a guide or how it can really, for me personally, like what I appreciate about religion is that it can really help give hope to somebody who may otherwise not be able to find hope. Um, and I really appreciate the community aspect of uh, religious organizations as well. If you're moving to a new neighborhood, um, then if you find, you know, your religious organization, you have this uh, means of building community when otherwise you might feel lonely. So um, I think, so I myself, I'm just spiritual and um, was raised Hindu, but um, I kind of, I, I believe that there's something out there, but, you know, not necessarily a single God. Uh, but um, I'd say other folks, like I have a friend, Alex, who works at the intersection of climate change and uh, religion. 
And um, we've seen initiatives by um, the current Pope and uh, this, I am forgetting, do you recall, Maurice, the name of the initiative by religious leaders around the world on climate change? Referring to the initiative of the Pope, it's Laudato Si. Mm. And and as as a result of the letter, then that whole... Uh, movement started. Yeah, I, I still think it's called Ladato C, but I'm not hundred percent sure. So a lot is happening there. Are you encouraged by that? Is that why why you were uh, raising it? Well, I understand what you're saying in terms of it's a mixed bag. It depends on where you are. Maybe maybe it is different in the U.S. or in in more Western countries than more in the South. Um, I think even in Western countries, it depends where you are. Like if you're mm-hmm. in the south of the yeah. u.s i would mm-hmm. say there's more influence mm-hmm. of uh you know christianity for example than if you're in, in you know like new york city or something where you have such um incredible diversity the next question that i want to ask you is um you and i we met you in the climate action week it's one of, you know, climate action is one of the SDGs. I always, you know, during this podcast, I try to lift up the SDGs because for me, that's kind of an important, you know, framework. Uh, it might not be perfect, but it's what we have. Um, if I ask you to, uh, you know, to talk about the SDGs, to the about the sustainable development goals to the listeners, what do you like them to know about the SDGs? Or maybe not at all, think, and then also why? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. I think the SDGs are a valuable tool for communication. They break down a lot of the world's biggest problems into digestible, comprehensible, um, bite-sized goals, right? If you hear, here are the 17 major uh, sustainable development goals it's a lot easier to understand what the UN and other organizations are striving for and what they're working towards than if you just said there's a lot of problems in the world and we need to solve the, solve them. Here's what one organization is doing. Here's what another is doing, right? It's for, for communication purposes. I think it's very, very useful. And I think for monitoring and evaluation and for accountability um, it's a helpful framework to set all of that other stuff in place. And no, thanks, thanks for that. And unfortunately, already now, you know, for two years or so, we are not making the progress that we need to make. Um, and there is now a growing group of people that is that is saying that you know one of the reasons why we are not making the progress that we need to uh, make is because we did not pay proper attention to the skills, uh, knowledge, and abilities that we need as individuals and as community to make those, you know, to go for those goals. Um, And therefore, they came up with the inner development goals. So I have two questions around that. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about uh, these inner development goals? And if so, what are your thoughts? Yes, I've heard of the inner development goals. And I think they're useful, but I think they're also... um, difficult to kind of enforce or have metrics towards it's 
it's more, yeah, the goals that would be helpful for individuals to work towards achieving so that they can um, better approach solving some of the sustainable development goals, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like all of those other tests kind of that you take that tell you what your personality is like, what you can improve and some solutions for improving those things. But um, so I don't know how useful it will be. Well, I mean, j- just for the listeners, because I forgot to to mention that there are five inner development goals that have been identified as a result of a huge survey among the world, you know, or big population in the world. So the, the first uh, goal is being, the second one is thinking, the third is uh, relating and then collaborating and action. So, it, you know, it, basically what they're trying to do is provide uh, tools for individuals and the communities to work on themselves because, you know, change starts with yourself. So you need to know what your like um, dark spots are, you know, where you need to work on. Um, but ultimately, if you know more about yourself and you know more about your community, you can get into action. So absolutely, goal number five is an important one. They're all uh, interconnected, of course. Yeah, no, I have plenty of things to work on, <laughs> but um, it is a good uh, framework and it's a good way to learn about how to describe what you're working on or what mm-hmm. you're going through, right? Helping you find the vocabulary to be able to articulate what, you know, maybe some of your points for improvement mm-hmm. or your strengths and and see how you can work on those things. Um, yeah. Part of the uh, inner development goals is also the self. So I try to find out more about my guests, you know, to reveal what what you're what you're really uh, about in all of your aspects. So I have a question about music that I always ask. Um, so if I ask you to come up with a piece of music or a song that best embodies uh, what you are about, or for a big part are about. What song or piece of music would that be and why? Um, you asked me this and I forgot, but the first song, <laughs> I forgot to think about this, but the first song that popped into my head was Yuhi uh, Chalrahi. It's a Hindi song, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, the beat is very uplifting. It's like, let's say you're starting the day and actually the video is of two people just in a car off to set um, on a road trip. And they're just like jamming to this. It's like a fresh start. They're getting ready. They're getting pumped so that they have the proper mindset going into their adventure, essentially. Right. And so I really like that song because um, if I'm ever down or something, then I can just listen to it and be like, you know what, this is just the beginning. We're still starting. We're still early, you know, get your head straight. And, um, you know, it's okay to like make mistakes. It's just the beginning, you know? So I would say probably that song. And, and when you're the people you work with and your friends, if they don't see you know, if they feel down and, and out and don't want to, don't know anymore 
you know, where to go and how to go about it. Are they going to you to be pumped up? And uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'd say close friends uh, mm -hmm. will come to me. Um, and likewise, you know, I would go to uh, close friends. And I also have people from the climate space reaching mm -hmm. out, right, for um, practical help. Yeah. Um, maybe less about getting pumped, closer friends for getting pumped up and family yeah. for getting pumped up. Mm -hmm. But um, other friends for more general advice on, you know, where do I even start if they're feeling mm -hmm. kind of overwhelmed? Okay. Um, I hope that the song that you're mentioning is also, we can listen to um, to it by going uh, through Spotify. I don't know if that's the Yeah, the it's on there. Okay. So so I will add that song to a, a playlist called Hashtag Walk Talk Listen, where all the songs that have been picked by my guests have been added. So you can listen to that. And it's really cool from classical to hard rock. And now a Hindi song is there. So, so uh, I will add that. Uh, Pooja, you know, this, this podcast is also my effort to connect people with each other. And one of the things that I started a couple of episodes ago is to ask uh, my guests to come up with a question uh, for the next guest. So my previous guest has a question for you. Hold on. And also to everybody that's listening is my question, because you can answer it for yourselves. Um, what is the thing you really want um, that you're that you that you haven't been willing to ask for or make happen yet? And what's stopping you? And who can you call to help you move forward? Because we don't want to be stuck right now. It was an excellent question. A very good one. Um, well, what I immediately thought of was actually with this organization, I really wanted to take the jump and work on it full time in uh, 2020 or like 2020. my no, 2021, my funding ended um, and I had to decide whether to accept the full-time job um, or to go all in full-time on my organization. And at that time, I was scared. I was also going to lose health insurance and I didn't have any savings in the bank. <laughs> and so I ended up going with the safe option. And I really, really enjoyed my time um, with that organization. They are lovely and I learned a lot about how to start up an organization, but I knew I really wanted to just go all in on mine that I had, you know, just spent a whole year setting up. And so I finally just took that leap this December and um, I'm going to get started after this huge little mental break <laughs> for two, three months. <laughs> That's that's great. And and um did you call somebody to help you through this? Yes, I leaned on my friends, I leaned mm -hmm. on my family. I was nervous. I was also just not fully confident in myself yet. 
And I, there was a lot of like cultural stuff involved as well, right? Like, um, you don't really take this kind of risk. <laughs> and, um, but I ended up just uh, taking it after talking to a lot of friends, family, and uh, professionals in the field who've taken similar risks. Can you explain what you mean with there was a cultural dilemma or yeah, so, hurdle? So I think in, especially growing up with immigrant parents and me being an immigrant myself, um, you kind of grow up with this mentality, right? That um, you got to choose kind of a steady life, a life that has more guaranteed safety and security and, you know, going all in on an organization with uh, not, you know, non-guaranteed funding and <laughs> stability and all of that risk involved um, was definitely like a, a step away from the direction that I had been taught about my whole life, you know. And and my parents, I can understand why they were scared for me, you know, but or mm -hmm. just worried. Yeah. Um, but because of their sacrifices, you know, I'm able to take these risks. And I just explain that because of that, I can do this. And so just trust that I'll try my best. And, you know, at a certain point, if it doesn't work out, then I can always thankfully just go back to the classic working life. Which is your question for the next guest? My question. I should have thought about this more. Um, let's see. <laughs> let's see what I've got. Um, well, one question that I was asked um, through a Shiro program was, what is your life's purpose? And to provide a life purpose statement. Um, and so I guess my question for the next person would be, what do you see as your life's purpose and why? But if you wow. think that's too big, I can do a different one. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I always ask them. I was I, like, whoa, I, I, I need to wait. <laughs> I was only thinking. And I'm, you have I'm... to answer it in uh, one sentence. Okay. You're making it tough. You know, Steve Hartman of, of CBS, um, he started something, uh, I think it's called The Gift. Um, so he is searching for simple, kind, simple acts of kindness. And he believes that, you know, uh, these simple acts of kindness can create a ripple effect. Um, so, you know, I think it's a television program or, or at least it's on the Internet. Um, what are your thoughts about simple act of kindness? Well, I mean, he's saying, you know, um, if you do something for somebody else, um, it can have enormous effect. It will have ripple effects. And so we should all do more simple acts of kindness. It makes it will make the world a better place. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm in agreement with that. Um, I do believe that when you do good without expecting anything in return, that good will have its ripple effects. And, uh, and you know, even if it just puts a smile on one person's face for that day, why not? You know, it doesn't have to, I would say there shouldn't be that pressure of your act of kindness or any action that you take, um, getting the most impact for that action. You know, there's a lot these days that's about, you know, kind of what's the best value for this act of kindness. Right. And we've kind of lost that touch of just doing good to do good, um, with all the metrics involved. So I think going back to that principle of acting in kindness, regardless of the impact, um, is, is best. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, I would like to ask you right now to come up with a simple act of kindness. What would you do? Uh, for a simple act of kindness, uh, well, I guess like being in India right now, one common act of kindness that has come up is um, if little kids who are growing up on the streets come up to you asking for um, some money or some food, then being able to supply that or saving your leftovers to be able to give them um, to the kids that need it here um, and just being more thoughtful about um, what I'm doing with uh, the food I've got left over, any beverages, any clothes. Um, so that's been very commonplace here right now. Yeah, you know, the, these conversations always go fast. I still would like to ask you um, if you have any last message, invitation or question for the listeners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say that it's really important that, that you find people who you can trust, that you can lean on in times where you might need help or where you may just, uh, well, that you might need help, that you might want some advice or that, that you feel is just a safe place for you to turn to when you're faced with different challenges. Just make sure that you're able to find that naturally and, and have that, and also be there for other people who may need that. Hey, uh, um, I, I'm guessing that uh, one of the reasons that your organization, um, you know, focuses on uh, actions to help to, to do something about climate change um, is that, you know, you're worried about where this world is, is going. Um, but my question to you is, where do you still see hope despite all those challenges that this world is facing? 
I see hope when people grow up in maybe the worst of circumstances or the best of circumstances, but still are driven by different passions and will take action to help maybe one person that day or uh, take little steps that accumulate to bigger steps that, you know, then change something bigger or even a policy decision. I think it's very inspiring to see people find out, you know, what they care about and then learn whether through struggle or easily how they can do something about it and then actually do something about it. And it's even cooler when what they do um, is seen by somebody else and then they're inspired to then do something else. You know, I've been privy to spaces where I've seen these ripple effects or where I've just seen people so passionate and so focused, no matter their upbringing, no matter what they may or may not have. And, and that's been a great aspect to see, as well as the community building side, um, finding people who are interested in similar things and that you can do something together with has been really cool for bouncing um, energy um, off each other and, you know, um, feeling like you're part of something that's bigger. Which I would like to thank you for today's conversation, for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with me and the listeners. I would like to wish you all the best, um, you know, all the success in the world with, with your organization and that your dreams, you know, will come true, that you will be able to realize that you are envisioning. Um, yeah, and, and I really encourage the listeners to check out your activities and follow you. So uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you for having me on this podcast as guest and for having this podcast in the first place <laughs> it's really nice and everyone please check out the other episodes as well okay. this episode was made possible by the support of an organization called cws you want to be part of a movement well sign up to become a sustaining partner. As a sustaining partner, you can make a difference in the world automatically every month. Sustaining partners commit to a hopeful future by making compassion a part of their monthly budget. It could mean new systems to manage precious resources like water or diversified ways of earning a living that make people more resilient. For as little as $10 a month, you can transform lives. You want to check it out? Well, go to cbsglobal.org slash sustain. Thank you for listening to Walk, Talk, Listen. Please check us out on 100mile.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram.